Previously on Critically Stupid. Bonsoir, subs and subway sandwiches. My name is Gareth and I play Gerian. No, bad. Cut that. God fucking damn it. Good afternoon, subs and sandwiches. I am Gareth, the charismatic, suave rogue of the group. I am here to recap what happened last week before our grand finale here at Critically Stupid, soon to be world famous. Now, if you remember, we started off that episode leading the way with Rainier Never Remember quite entangled, literally. Literally. Uh, we arrived at Zoblob the Merchant's house. If you remember from way back in the day, he was that fella who really liked purple stuff and does not sound like any mouse that you can think of. Now, after talking to Zoblob and him spotting Rainier, he seemed quite perplexed. He uh, took us in the ba to the back to discuss the vault and the stone of Galore. And sensing a moment of confusion and weakness, he intended to flash flashbang the lot of us and then make his getaway. Unfortunately for this small purple asshole, I was wearing sunglasses. So his flashbang had zero effect on me because I'm the fucking best. And that's, that's Gary I'm talking, not Gareth. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> because I'm the fucking best. <laughs> And after he and Rainier both tried to escape during my companion's moment of blindness, I tackled them both to the ground like some sort of quarterback for a sport that hasn't been invented yet. And then we forced them to bring us to the vault, finally, for real, actually this time. And after we arrive at the vault, which was, dare I say, suspiciously unguarded, we go inside and we are greeted by Grant Clanghammer. <clears throat> who not only having a great name is a fantastic dwarf he seems to be an old man which is a rarity among dwarves i have never seen one young or old they're all middle-aged i think they just pop out like that but anyway after a lovely conversation with mr clanghammer we got the vague impression that he somehow recognized rainier but hasn't seen him since he was but a lad and as Mel was demanding answers to all of the mystery and questions we've been given across the campaign here, the door opened behind us, and a cold, emotionless voice commanded Rainier to die. And him, being the great soldier he is, followed orders and crumpled to the ground. Unfortunately for the miscreant behind us, we are not nearly as obedient. Home isn't forever. People say home is where your heart is, but those people also haven't watched their child walk into school without you for the first time, leaving you outside. Home is with the people who love us. Each time they come into our lives, either by fate, fortune, or formula, we break off a small piece of our home to take with them. Home is carried with a dozen or more people, each of whom have the ability to snatch your home from you at the moment's notice. If our home is where our heart is, home is something to be guarded, like a dragon with a horde, constantly checked after, heavily insured, and protected behind multiple walls. We need to be careful with the people we trust with our home. But is this any way to live a life? Guarded from every person we meet, huddled behind our walls, anxiously scanning over the details of our, the home we've made for ourselves? 
home isn't forever. It's temporary and messy and complicated. Sometimes it's a building or a group of people or a place where we can be at peace. Home is a hundred sparks of life incandescent into a flame kept burning by each new friend we make. Welcome to your soon-to-be world-famous Dungeons & Dragons real-play comedy podcast, Critically Stupid. I am Alexander James. I am the Dungeon Master, and I am your very well-hydrated boy, because uh, I love water. And my favorite part of last episode, though it brings me great indignation to bring up, was the fact that Garion had a piece of uh, what I assumed to be character fluff. That was that did do nothing and was just for flair until the one time it was like I, I think the most inconvenient for me it's ever been and that was when he reminded me that he was wearing sunglasses. I hated every moment of it. Gary, why don't you go next? Uh, hey everybody, my name is Scott Calvin and I play Gareth the Rogue. Uh, and my favorite part of episode one was when I planned all the way back then for this exact moment of when we would get flashbanged. And I said, just in case, I'm going to give myself sunglasses. Uh, Diana, please. Uh, hi, my name is Diana. I play Mel. I also have the wolf pup, Joshua Patrick, Josh Pat, JPZ. I have Constance. Fuck, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to it yet. running thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry please continue uh, my favorite part of last episode probably also the sunglasses thing which you know mostly because I don't remember much of anything else but the Bills just beat Dallas so I'm coming in in a good mood mm -hmm. that's Anthony. huge for us mm -hmm. hi I'm Anthony you know I <laughs> I'll do it again Diana gosh <laughs> What was that episode where what was that episode where Anthony was like, Diane, I'm gonna shake you? I was oh, I just want to shake sick you. and and kept 
It was the one where I made fun of the guy for not knowing our names, and I kept going because I was sick and real cranky, and Anthony oh. kept trying to go, and I kept interrupting, <laughs> and oh I'm God. sorry. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, and I'm sorry for making fun of the guest not knowing our names. That was pretty funny, though. Okay. Hey, I'm Anthony. I play Arnold the Bard. My favorite part of last episode was when... Uh, Josh Pat bit the guy in the leg and we got to use his blood on the vault. That was awesome. That was really cool. I was glad we got to do that. Yeah. It's the finger gesture that Gary does every time that's truly, truly upsetting. If you're listening on Spotify, first of all, we love you. And second, check out the YouTube because the finger gesture that Gary makes to elaborate on how he's smearing this man's blood yeah, is If you're wild. an audio listener, grow up. Wow. <laughs> cool, cool, cool beans. Okay. Uh, for our improv cold open today, um, I would like to have each of you tell me really quickly about something that happened with your character off camera that we didn't that we didn't highlight in the show in the in the course of the show. This is our last episode of Campaign One. It's our finale finale. So I would like each of you to just take a second and tell me about something that happened to your character that we just didn't see. Um, Arnold has been actually painting little pictures of the faces of the people whose voices he steals on that bone pipe. Like every time he takes a voice, he draws like a little picture of what? the person's face. Because they're not his friends. Like he would normally get a tattoo of his friends. He's drawing basically his enemies on the on the, the weapon of his choice. Wow. That's so fucking cool. Okay. Did, are, are, do you have like a little paint set in your room that you use for it, uh, Arnold? Or, or is it just like... Oh, oh yeah. Um... Or yeah, like mostly. I mean, it's, it's, it started. Yeah, like it started as the disguise kit, but then he realized like he needs to make it permanent, so he started like actually chiseling and coloring. So that's sick. Gary, go ahead. Uh, so Gareth has been breaking in to ALB back <laughs> and love it. Substituting about forty percent of their revenue with like fake gold, like lead stamped gold fakes. Nice. Okay, where'd you get him? Uh, Gareth knows a guy. Okay, I mean, just, just like that's rogue enough, you know, like black black market fellow. Yeah, I mean, okay, we'll we'll circle back to that because like a couple of fake coins is rogue enough. Forty percent of a business's revenue is a lot of lead coins. Well, they're a punk ass tavern who barely make anything. So, oh, that's a good point. They only make like eight bucks a day. So exactly. All right, Diana. With all the real money is coming in to, to Troll Skull. Well, well, it was. It was. Um, Mel and Josh Pat have been trying to find out more about Josh Pat's origins, actually. Just a little side quest that she hasn't told anybody about because uh, she can speak with animals. So sometimes she'll touch base with, with JPZ to try and figure out who his mom and dad are because maybe Josh Pat wants to. I mean, I'm his mom, obviously, but obviously. like, we're his puppy mom and dad. Yeah. Does he have one? These are all questions that he has. Um, and she's also been teaching him fun, fun other little tricks. Um, you know, play dead and do that circle thing. And you know how like border collies run entire. Yes. It's like that. She's been teaching him that in addition to. How's Will's it going? For his origins. Oh, he's a very good boy. He's a very smart boy. Um, he loves to do the things and get turkey legs at the end. Super quick side note. Constance has been flipping through his magic book just to see what kind of hat options he has. Uh-huh. 
I love the fact that Garion forgets multiple times in episode that he has a cat until Diana talks about Josh Pat. And every time she does, Garion's like, hey, let me talk about Constance real quick because I just remembered about him. Dude, sorry, I've had Constance for maybe three episodes. That's Josh true. Pat has been an essential part of the crew. All right. It's That's like, it, 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 you know, when you're watching a new TV show and a new character comes on, and you're like, ah, who's this guy? And it takes a bit. Yeah, true, true, true. I can't wait Josh until we, was, go ahead, sorry. I can't wait until maybe it's campaign two or whatever we got going on, but like we have to figure out acute carrying capacity for Constance that's not just like tucked into the or maybe it is tucked into the back of your hood, but like I'm seeing like no, a piece I like of, it in the front shirt pocket. I don't know. Front like a breast pocket, just like a little cat. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about when he grows? Um, he won't do that. He's a pygmy cat. <laughs> First of his kind. Well, he'll just be a kitten forever because it's his fantasy land. I really like. It's that an effect too. of the like curse or whatever. I don't know. Okay. What if he has little boots? Magic. He's a magic cat. What if? Wait. What if he has boots that have like a oh, like a bag of holding in the side, like a little pocket like bag of holding in the side? Oh, actually, or alternatively, uh, the the pocket itself has been cast with bag of holding, bag of holding. so yes, yeah. he, he can grow in it. Like, that'd be cool. Uh, I I just thought of a cat wearing like hunter rain boots, just that, sort of like that's what I was thinking around. too. I was like, that's well, no, so he needs to have cool. his he needs to have his paws so he can flip through the pages of his book. <laughs> of course, sorry, my bad. Well, uh, Josh, really quick, Josh look, Pat definitely wears rain boots because he doesn't like getting wet. So this is known. That's I mean, we've got we've got episodes to back that up, right? So. And it's super cute. Uh, Gary, before we dive into uh, the vault and the epic crescendo of our campaign one, what hat is Constance wearing right now? Uh, right now he's wearing a ski mask because he knows we're breaking into a vault and it's very important to keep his identity hidden. Okay. Okay, so we've got... It started as a beanie, but he like pulled it down. So okay, like... so we, we've got we've got Arnold, Mel, Josh, Pat, Gareth, and half of Run the Jewels. A mystery cat. <laughs> and then who knows who's in Gareth's pocket. Okay. Uh, you hear a rushed command from the door of the vault, and Rainier Neverember crumples into a heap on the floor. And you turn to see a familiar red-headed figure walk into the vault of, of uh, Waterdeep and say, what's up, guys? It's me, Floon. Oh, my God, who could have seen this coming? Never saw this coming, bro. I'm like, Rainier, you sound so different. Hey, it's not me. It's not, it's not Rainier. It's me, Floon. What's up, okay, guys? Floon. Floon. Yeah. Who's manning the bar, Floon? It's Yoda Shift. Floon. Burn hey, bro, down. Gareth, bro, Gareth, I don't know how to tell you this. I don't know how to tell you this, bro. Floon, did you burn the bar down? Floon. The bar, the bar done burned down. And he reaches into, he's wearing a sort of like a dark cloak, very similar to the one Rainier Never Ember is wearing. Um, and he pulls out a, uh, a steel and a stone and sort of like drops them on the ground and says like, ah, bro, Gareth, someone burned that bar down, bro. Floon. I, um, did you at like least mail the insurance check? <clears throat> now, everybody knows that Fluin is super up to date on all those financial in insurance ins and outs. Obviously, I filled out Form 31C triplicate. 
filed it with the insurance company, and then I fucking mailed that shit with a stamp and everything. That's a joke. I didn't do none of that shit. Uh, what's up, guys? I mean, you obviously might have questions because, like, eh, you know, I've been playing a little loosey-goosey, uh, little floony buffoonery, you know what I mean? So, like... Um, Mel shoots him. I'm just kidding, but he's annoying. Yeah, he really is. Fact. I mean, like, oh, God. It was way cooler when he was just, like, the stoned bartender. Yeah. I do think Mel would go check on Rainier to see if he's dead dead or like just a little dead. Roll me a medicine check, please, Mel. Arnold, what are you doing while Mel like shoots for pulse? While she's, uh, yeah, while she's doing that, um, Arnold is uh, stretching after the very long rest that he took. The longest rest The longest rest we've ever. Okay, It's insane how long we rested. Yeah, I would like to say, like, we were outside of this place for a long time. Like, imagine how long we were outside of not only we were outside. And also when we were talking to this guy, we were like. Yeah, we were all, I was uh, relaxing. We I must have I must have missed the part last episode where you guys hung hammocks and took a, took a six hour. We put we pop, we popped out lawn chairs exactly like the big beach the big beach one so we yes. could really lie out and stretch our legs. If you recall, okay. as they were talking about the blood and what like who it belonged to and the family and like you know Rainier was going through all that, Arnold was asleep the whole time. If you notice, he did nothing because he was sleeping. Because he was sleeping. All right, we'll go ahead and say that we've had a long rest so that you guys can jump into the finale with all of your. Spells and abilities. Diana. Oh, great idea. I'm. I rolled a seventeen. Okay. Uh, your medicine. Your medicine skill is plus zero. So, uh, you. Bummer. Uh, do you go for the? You go for the neck, Mel. You just go for the the big the big pulse. I feel like yes. Okay. Um, there is no pulse. This boy dead as hell. Bum bum. I mean. He does have one eye open though, and his face is frozen, sort of like in an expression of surprise. Ooh. Really? Like CPR not a thing in fantasy world? He, I mean, you CPR is a thing, but if he's dead, well, I guess if you could like what restart do you think his heart. He, I was going to say, what do you, do you think we do CPR on live people? I mean, I was thinking of people who were like, they would protest. Like, you, like, <laughs> like there was like water ribs. in their lungs. Not a good time for them. Or for Hey, listen, us. all right. Neither of us are like nurses, okay? We don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, but only one of us is like fighting her about it. <laughs> This is like the time when uh, we had the cast of Don't Make a Weird on, and I had fully no idea that uh, oh was like a hand That's sign. Funny. I, no, it's funny as that. I was like, oh, yeah, well, then you do it. And then. She... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Mel, this guy is dead as hell. Uh, right. Anthony, uh-huh. what, are, what, what are you doing now that you have all of your abilities? Okay. Um... So I mean I would probably care about Rainier at this point too because he just suddenly died. So I would but but I would see that he's he's dead. Uh, there's clearly nothing. I don't have any healing spells at the moment. Um, so he I could can I tell that he's just completely dead and like he can't be resuscitated? Uh, Mel, do you do you tell like, can Arnold? I say, like, 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 like let's let's. Well, I honestly think that I if I didn't get a pulse and a fantasy like CPR is not a thing. Um, I'd probably turn to Floon and be like, "Is there a reason why you killed him?" Ah. Is Floon by himself? Floon is by himself, solo. Okay. You can actually see a little bit of hallway behind him and the stairs that you guys took to come down, empty. 
how does the 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 vault guardian react to this the vault guardian uh sort of taps his staff against the uh, cobbled floor of this vault. If you'll remember, there are four alcoves punched into the walls of these vault of this vault, overflowing with gold boobies. It is an ocean of liquid That's cash in this room. So many titties, so and many boing. You know, it is insane. There is also a basketball-sized pile of like raw gemstones at this uh, figure's feet. He taps his staff against the floor and says. Well, it's been quite some time, young young master. I didn't expect to see you ever again. I'd hoped I'd never lay eyes on you, to be fair. Influence says, ah, bro, Arnold, you know it's me. Um, so listen, uh, while that guy... Quit while he's talking, can I try to roll for a slide of hands and throw my dagger at him without him noticing? You can roll it. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be totally H with you. That is a very high DC that you're gonna need to hit to make that happen, but I love it. All right, I'm 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 throwing a magic dagger to clarify. I know, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep talking because I want to finish the the I wanna answer Arnold's question before we do your thing. But you I want you to roll it and then tell me later. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Floon says, I mean, bro, Arnold, listen, listen, you know, as well as I do that that dude had to die. He was insufferable, man. You hated him, right? Right? Like, come on, look me in my eyeballs and tell me that Rainier Never Ember did one fucking thing for you. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff for us, actually. I, I did. I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I learned a lot about you recently, Floon. Is it true that you've murdered puppies? Uh, give me a uh, give me an insight check, please, Arnold. Got it. Like Cruella Deville. Yeah, Garrett. I like to think that Josh Pat's doing like a snarl, low growl at him because he's bit him before. Josh Pat for sure. For yeah, him. I don't. I don't need to ask how Josh Pat feels about this one. Josh Pat, you know how Josh Pat feels about this one. Um, I'm just twenty three. Woof. Okay. Um, there's a moment, Arnold, where. I think you catch I think you catch Floon sort of between two sentences and you ask your question right in that dead space where he's not expecting it and for a split second his whole face goes entirely blank like wiped of every emotion and he's just staring at you and then not even a split second later that grin is right back to his face and he says what are you talking about bro no no kill puppies Ever. This little guy, this little guy and I love each other. Hey, come here, doggo. And he holds out a, he holds out a hand to, to Josh Pat. Mel, how does Josh Pat react? Um, I think Mel's the only thing holding him back. Like, like he definitely like, wants literally. to go for him. Nice. I mean, Hell he yeah. listens to her, but like he's definitely ready to spring. Um and I hope Flo sees that like I'm the only thing holding him back. And anytime I stop, like Josh Pat's gonna go after him and tear him to shreds. Also, I, I see Flume dissociates too. Everybody dissociates a little bit, Bestie. It's not just you. Uh, so the nicest thing you've ever said. Floon, uh, Floon sees that you're holding back Josh Pat, and I think there's like a flicker of wariness in his eyes, but he maintains his cool, calm, and collected composure, slowly draws his hand back. Uh, Gareth, what'd you get on that roll? Uh, so do I add my normal to hit bonus or just the side of hand? 
No, it's just a sleight of hand because it's I'm I'm seeing it as like it's all about the throw so he doesn't okay. see it. A roll of 14 plus 9 is 23. <sighs> 23. Is your intent to wound or is your intent to get the knife close to him? Uh I'd say just to get it close to him. Maybe I'd say it would be with intent to wound him enough that he thinks that th that's the intent, if that makes sense. Ah, okay. So you're playing a, a couple of different games with this throw. Yeah. Okay. I like that a lot, actually. Um, with a 23, he doesn't notice you like curl it, but he notices it just as it leaves your hand. Okay. And... He's pretty quick on the uptake and he fully takes a step aside so that it misses him. However, your knife is like, there's teleporting magic associated with this dagger. So you could move to it as it is in motion. Should you want to? Um, I think just having it like, I imagine it like pierces into the ground dramatically at his like feet, like stuck in the ground. We could say that for sure. Yeah. Because I don't know if starting combat right now is the move, but perhaps more like very soon. Let's say this. Uh, let's say it's a really good throw. He sidesteps it, but it hisses through the air and neatly embeds itself in one of these torches ringing the room in a circle. And it is, and it splits it with a loud crack of shattered wood. And okay. it's perhaps like 10, 15 feet behind him. And uh, Floon looks at you and goes, whoa, bro, Gareth, what? What's that about, man? Come on. I thought we were tight. I thought we were bros. That was like such a weird muscle spasm. It must have been like the same thing when you like burned down our tavern. Well, Just like you, you accidentally set fire to the thing that we built and loved and cherished. And I accidentally tried to put a hole in your skull it no, happens listen bro gareth like i know i know that if you wanted to kill me i'd be dead just like i know that that lady right there the mean one if she wanted to kill me i'd be dead but guess what bro much like that guy from that song i'm still standing so like you guys want to keep me alive and listen 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 <laughs> I'm listening, you ginger freak. You fucking freak. I I burned down the bar because I knew you guys were hot on the trail of this vault. I knew you guys had solved it. You cracked the case. I'd heard about you like whispering about it and like I and like I I I had a I had a suspicion that you guys were on the case of this vault, and so you were gonna have the means to burn down the bar and build it back better than ever with your boy F L double O N as the head bartender. That's right. Oh. I mean this so delicately. You are not leaving this vault. Can I tell at the very least if? If he thinks he's telling the truth, like does he believe what he's saying, or is this obviously like? Is give me another. Give me another inside check, Arnold. All right, thank you. Oh shit, I got the same thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's twenty-one this time. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Um, he is full of shit. Okay. 
this is this is a pretty thin veneer that this guy is feeding you but it's curious arnold because you've hung around with Floon a lot you know this dude's mannerisms this is the first time i think and and please correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to make assumptions on your character but this is the first time that you are being allowed to see how thin the veneer is if that makes Hmm. sense there are times where you've interacted with floon where it felt perfectly natural that he was this sort of like vapid airheaded friendly bartender but this is the first time that you've really like seen him lift that veil to an intentional thinness right oof okay and uh gareth actually behind you you hear a dryly amused chuckle as uh grant clanghammer says I uh, I must admit, it's a little bit funny that uh, both times you have found yourself in this space, young master, and he, he is addressing Flume with this, um, it has ended with a threat on your life. You would think that you would learn from your mistakes, but uh, some men are destined to be fools, I suspect. Owned. So can I can I ask? Because um, I don't remember if I know this. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, Grant. He's like, well, who is the last person who threatened his life? Well, uh, it's the very it's the very man lying at his feet. Ba-bum. Would you like to elucidate your scenario, young master, or would you like me to? Because as the warden of this enclave uh i have a certain amount of power that i could use to tell your story or perhaps you could tell it yourself for once you could own the man that you would like to be instead of pretending to be him i don't care who tells the story but someone had better start telling it because before we all took that very long nap i had a lot of questions and i would like them all answered now they were being demanded if i remember Yes, I do. Yeah, Diana, Diana, like broke the table and was like, please explain what is happening to me. (laughs) I get it. Okay. Let me think about the best way to do this. Okay. Floon says his grin falters at the corners. uh, But his eyes never, never break from Grant Klanghammer's bemused face if you remember grant clanghammer is a dwarf he has bits of uh raw lumps of gold and gems like twined into his reddish gold beard he appears to be uh no more than mildly put out by your appearance if you remember the first thing he offered was that or the first thing he said when you guys showed up in the vault was he would have cleaned up if he knew he was going to have company uh so floon's smile falters at the edges and he says what Hey man, like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And then that staff slams on the floor again. And suddenly Floon's voice is cut like it was cut with a pair of scissors. And he continues to move his mouth, but no sound comes out. And Grant Clanghammer says, it appears that you have not the entire picture. Perhaps I can paint a small part of it for you. Or a big bar. Just paint the whole picture, actually. Suddenly, you guys aren't in the vault. You are in an elaborate mansion with expensive paintings on the walls, and you're in a you're in a bedroom with expensive clothes and a huge bed against one wall and a commanding view of the city of Waterdeep, and you are looking at 
two. Gareth sits down in a nice comfy chair. I imagine there is one. There's a nice comfy chair that materializes under your falling form, almost as if to catch you. Outstanding. Uh, you are looking at two boys standing in this bedroom. One of them is dressed in uh, finery that is clearly cut for him. Very expensive clothes and uh, shoes. He's holding a bag that is uh, holding like school books, clearly about to attend Waterdeep's finest private school. And the other is wearing cast-offs, uh, rags with holes in them, a pillowcase with a head and two armholes, sort of Dobby style. You get it. And Boo, poor. Boo. <laughs> boo, J.K. Rowling. Boo. Boo. Um, and these boys are arguing silently. You can't quite make out their their voices. It's almost like they're arguing from a long hallway far away from you, even though this is happening like a couple feet in front of you. Um, and the kid in the rags grabs this bag of books and grabs a book as if he's going to take it from him and the uh the other boy they're both they both have fiery red hair but the other boy throws this bag down and slaps this kid across his face as hard as as hard as he can great foley work gary god damn it's almost like we're in the room and then standing over this younger smaller kid takes this book back and puts it in his bookshelf in his bookcase um and then that room vanishes, and then you're standing in a study. There is a wall-to-floor books. Wall-to-floor. Wall to there are wall-to-floor wall books. They're wall Big, huge fucking books. They go from the wall to the floor. It's insane. It's just one how book. How big these fucking books are. <laughs> There's one, one mess. <laughs> One nine foot tall book <laughs> carved Dang. into this nine foot tall book is a desk uh, at the behind which is a shrouded faced figure, clearly uh, a father type whose face we can't see. Is there also a Christmas tree? There is also a Christmas tree. It's very festive. There's a fireplace that's crackling and there would be art on the walls as well. If it wasn't for this one massive book that exists in this room. They can't put the painting on it because they open it to read it, obviously. obviously I, they, that, it's clearly it's their like favorite Christmas book. Day. That's why it's so big. Wait, what book is it, Garion? Uh Wow, we I'm glad I didn't say that one out loud. <laughs> uh you hey, know bud? the one. No, yeah. I don't. Please laugh. Yeah. yeah, no, you know the one. All right, so they're sitting in front of <laughs> and there it is. He knew it. He knew the one. <laughs> I, I said you times. know the one, and he did. Of all times. <laughs> you think, now you think I'm the weird one. Nope, now the blame is divided. Thanks for shouldering this burden with me, Alex. There is a nine-foot-tall uh, book of sums and a figure behind a desk shrouded sitting in front of two boys that are about teenagers. Uh, and on the desk is a broken uh, vase, very clearly expensive, inlaid with gold, and the larger, finer dressed of the two boys is pointing at the smaller one and arguing and shouting. He's got a finger pointed. And the smaller one is trying valiantly to interject and come to his own defense. But the shrouded figure sitting behind the desk like shakes his head and makes like a, makes, makes like, are you doing like a whole ass pantomime? This is an audio program. Garion, it's some. a little treat for our YouTube viewers. There you go. 
Uh, he banishes the younger, smaller one out of his office, and he slinks away with his with his two big socks and his pants held up by a, a stretch of dirty rope. And then you see the larger of the two boys put his hands behind his back and his hands glint with gold shards from the vase that he clearly broke himself. And the last image that you see is the room that you're in. It's a little nicer, it's a little cleaner. There's not as much soot on the walls. The gold is stacked in neat orderly cases. And there are two boys, they're younger again, they're probably nine or eight if you had to guess, brilliant flaming red hair uh, standing behind a shrouded figure who is probably counting coins or doing some sort of like uh, official business. But the boys are bickering about something and the fight is turning uh, nasty. It's going from the sort of like amiable jokes and teasing and suddenly uh, a word turns too sharp and then they're suddenly screaming at each other and then one of the boys reaches into one of these cases and picks up a, a, a handful of gold coins and hurls it at the other. And there's an explosion of chiming noise and blood misting into the air. And then the boy like grabs his face and falls and they start fighting over this, over this gold. And the memory dissolves in a, in a blurred mess. Uh, and suddenly you're standing in the, the same vault that you entered sooty, the, Gold is in piles, and Grant Clanghammer is standing in front of you. And he says, I'm so glad that you were paying attention to that masterful story that was woven in front of you, and not at all aping or japing around and making a bunch of jokes and sort of ignoring what was happening in front of you. I'm so terribly, hey, terribly We get grateful. to the point where we want. Um... Arnold looks up and he goes, okay, I'm ready. Like, tell us the story. <laughs> Sorry, I had my AirPods in. Now I'm ready. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, what? You guys were talking so, about what was that? <laughs> I was singing a song. I'm sorry. Uh, you turn back and Floon is pale-faced and trembling with rage. He's clearly furious. And he looks at you and there's one... There's one last attempt. He, he, he goes, hey, guys, like, I mean, we're friends, right? Arnold, Arnold, bro, Arnold, you're going to look at me, Floon? We're Floon. friends, right? Floon, you've, you've drugged us. <laughs> you've lied to us a lot. By accident, by accident. I See, I'd like to imagine in that magical story that I totally paid attention to the entire time um, that you were somehow the good one who wasn't, uh, you know, sabotaging the other one. But why, if that were the case, would you lie to us? Uh, why would you set our bar on fire? And I still don't understand your your intention there. I don't know why you did that. Why would you set our bar on, on fire at all? While he's thinking about it, I think Gareth is going to teleport to the knife at his feet and as soon as he arrives at that spot just gonna go with a swift uppercut to flute yeah right to the jaw roll it up um can i give him bardic inspiration for that one absolutely yes 
Yeah. All right. What does that do? I have so nothing just... to add, but I'm just going to cheer from the sidelines. You just, okay. you just add a D6 to your Add roll. a D6, and then, uh, Gareth, because your your opponent is surprised, you're going to use your sneak attack bonus to hit. I, I, is there a bonus to hit, or is it just a damage? I think it's just a damage. Okay, so go ahead and roll it with Bardic Inspiration. All right, so I, I one arm hand is getting the dagger. It's an unarmed strike with the uppercut here, so that's the bonus I'm using. Okay. So plus four for that, then plus six. Or plus the D6. Okay, so that's a nine. Hold on. Plus the D6. Uh, plus two, badass. Uh, so 11 plus four is 15. All right. You don't hurt him. You don't hurt him. You don't hurt Fuck. him with a 15. But Fuck. you hit him. You, you reach out for your dagger and you move to this place between planes and you exit right in front of this guy, just as he's about to, and you can tell this, Gareth, just as he's about to tell another lie, just as he's about to give you some fresh bullshit as to why he burned down the one thing that you could put your name onto, Gareth. And you bring your fist up and you all four knuckles right against the soft spot underneath his chin, really sock it to him. And um, Mel, I, I think I if if Mel saw him do such a thing, um, she would let JP go to bite him. She would assume Ooh. we're fighting now. So, okay, so we let slip the hounds of war. Uh, do me nice. a favor, Mel. Roll a d twenty and add five to it. That's Joshua Patrick's unarmed uh, bite. His teeth don't count as being armed. They're By the way, Constance on his arms. Constance flips out his little book, uh, flips through, and then puts on his combat helmet. Oh, thank God! It's it's been Constance this whole time. Yeah, believe it or not, I didn't mean to reveal that this early. What you it get was plus plus what? I'm sorry. Plus five. Oh, uh, nineteen. Sweet. Okay. Uh, Gareth, you see Flume sort of like rock back on his heels a little bit, uh, surprise sort of like blooming in his features. And then there's a snapping and snarling and a form, uh, Diane, how big would you say Josh Pat is these days? Um, uh, how much time has passed? I'm real bad at the, let's call it six months since you guys went into, I don't know. Time is a construct. I have no fucking idea how long this module actually takes. So let's call it six months between the time you guys walked out of that morgue till today. I mean, he'd still be pretty wee. Like my puppy's six months and she's still pretty wee, but I guess he's a bigger breed. I think I'm going to say he's probably maybe a little bit above my knee. Okay. How big do you, how big is he? He's a wolf pup. Wolves get real big. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll say just above the knee because we're, we're, we're overthinking this okay. one. Gareth. I'm sorry, I do that. Fine. Gareth, you hear a snapping and snarling and you feel incredible momentum about the, about the spatial size of your mid-thigh as a gray and charcoal black blur slams into Floon and starts snapping at his leg. There's a the wet rending of cloth and clothes tearing apart and Floon screams. And Arnold, you hear Floon scream and one of your pockets starts 
growing hot to the touch. One of your pockets starts getting really, really uncomfortably hot mm-hmm. as, as a strong vibration bursts from your pocket where the where the stone of galore is sitting. Right on your belt. I was going to say it's bad news for me because no. Just direct. <laughs> where Arnold is Arnold crumples to the ground. <laughs> In pure agony and delight. Yeah. Um, what do you do, Arnold? Um, I say this better not awaken anything in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I mean, okay, so I, I feel it and it, it's exploding. It, like, what's is it only vibrating? Yeah, yeah, so, or is it? so he ex- he explodes. Arnold explodes. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying that? Like, hey, that hand gesture was so unnecessary, Gary. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be keeping it. That, that's what Anthony did. I'm, you know, I well. So if it's here, it's in my pocket. Yeah. To what extent is it vibrating and moving? Do you, like, do you reach in and grab it, Arnold? That's why I'm asking. Like, so is it shaking me? Do I feel like it's? it's no, it is not. It's not shaking. The vibration is at like a fine bone level. It's gotcha. the heat that is growing, sort of like unaccountable. I see. I see. Um, I probably wouldn't grab it myself if it's hot like that. Okay. Um, I might. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna cast Mage Hand to kind of grab it and just put it behind me. Like, so it's like just, behind your back kind of thing? Yeah, just like, just kind of take it, like, you know, away from other people. Just, okay. you know, I don't want anyone reaching out for it. You, uh, you cast Mage Hand, reaches in, grabs this locket. I imagine, like, from the string, so it's sort of dangling a little bit. Yeah, uh, But even, even in the free space, uh, you can see this locket is breaking, cracking. You see, Diana, what? Nothing. I'm good. Okay, great. You see the the tiny imperfections growing in the glass of this locket of this gemstone of this of this infinite field of stars trapped in stone, slowly shattering. And behind you, you hear a sharp inhalation as Grant Klanghammer says, "What on earth? What what is that? What have you done? Have you brought that here?" Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gareth wouldn't even notice that. I think he's just like so zeroed in on Flume. Yeah, um, you know what, Grant? That story you told us somehow actually left me with more fucking questions. So please, how about please, we just please straight ask forward go with that whilst my dog makes mince me a Flune's leg because fuck that guy. Um, why does everybody think Flune and Rainier look alike if they don't actually look alike? Who exactly is Flune? Is his father dying? Is his father undead? Like, was that a dropped storyline or is this coming back around? There were zombies at one point. I'm not sure where the fuck we are at with, with that. Did I ask about why he burned down the bar? Why did he recruit us in the first place? He did go out of his way to get us. Um, so, so I don't understand what exactly his fucking goal was. Um, and before we answer any of those, can we go pee? Let's take a quick pee break and we'll come back to some raw dog exposition. Alright guys, I don't know if you know this, but I go by Drunkscribe across all of my socials, at Drunkscribe, hit me up. And I thought it'd be fun for this Libra Sarcana segment to take uh, one dice from one of the sets of Libra Sarcana dice that you had delivered to your door on the monthly subscription and make a cocktail based off of it. I will go first uh, and I will take the easiest one. I'll take the mint julep set that you can see in my hands here. It's orange and green and speckly. Uh, and I'm going to make a D&D style uh, ginger mule. It's going to have stem ginger and orange peel, vodka, and a little bit of cardamom smashed up and smoked. 
And then um, that's going to get muddled. And then I'm going to throw some mint leaves in there, strain it, pour it over ice and serve it in a copper mug. I think that's delicious and themes very well with this mint julep dice. Anthony, what do you got? Um, I would choose the blood moon die because nice. they are incredible and badass. And I like uh, monstery horror movies. I know nothing about making drinks. So what I would do is I would take a bunch of vodka and I would... Go- <laughs> I would put it in a skull with blood because I'm not a baby, Alex, because I'm not a baby. That's, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. I drink blood and vodka with my in a skull. In a skull, okay? Skull. That, anyway. that themes very nicely. That's right. Garyan. So I'm looking I'm looking at all of my various sets of beautiful Lewis Arcana D20s that I have out in front of me, trying to pick which one would be the best cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um. And I have to go with the first set I ever got, actually, Shillelagh. Ooh, okay. And I think how I would do it is, I don't know, but how I would tell somebody else to do it who knows what they're doing. Okay. Is, you know how uh, uh, some of those cocktails have, like, the different density layer, like, layered drinks? Absolutely. I think this would have some, some I mean, like, th- thick and white not come at the bottom. <laughs> Let me try that again. Let me try that again. <laughs> so I think I've landed on uh, the first ever set. I got Shillelagh. I'm showing it off like a professional guy Ooh. with my hand behind it. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, the, the description on the website really resonated with me. It was uh, the last edges of winter fading into spring as the snow melts here. Oh my goodness! And I think we could do something great with a cocktail. The the you know how fancy bartenders will get different density level drinks and have them like stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. What if you did like a cream liqueur with like some kind of like mint, like a green like mint? a cream liqueur? Fantastic way to describe it. A cream liqueur, real thick and white at the bottom, yep. and then have a lighter, more transparent pre liquid on top. <laughs> yep. That's maybe you hinted. Uh, you I don't want to steal the bottom since it comes out first from the bottom. <laughs> I don't want to steal Alex's mint julep idea and take his mint. So I think maybe more of a lime liqueur on top. That famous, that famous lime liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> you can get all of that and more on LibraSarcana.com. They sell dice. They sell book covers. They don't sell, you know. Uh, and you could get Crunches. all of it. <laughs> I didn't say it. So what a weird, what a weird <laughs> thing to say. Anyway, you could get not jizz and dice at LibraSarcana.com. Code stupid 20. 20% off anything at checkout. LibraSarcana. Stay a funkulist. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? We have Pete. We're back. We're all refreshed. Have uh, great beverages, including Anthony, which I think we can all agree is the most important of the four of us. Uh, and we are going to sort of like raw exposition answer some of Diana's questions. Um, Gary, did you say you had something to bring up before we jump in? Uh, I, I wanted just to like clarify what like my headcanon for what's going on with Flynn and Rainier. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that they are. They're not like may not be like twins, but their father had many mistresses and many heirs amongst many women, 
and Floon and Rainier were half brothers in this, you know, ambitious royal family of some kind. Uh, but Floon was kind of treated like the village idiot and wore like rags, even though he was like still rich, I think. Um, he had beef with Rainier. I don't remember why. Uh, but then now in the future, everybody thinks he's Rainier and he's like, the bitch. And he made up the lie about his father being sick as just like a cover story to, for, to us as to why he'd been missing. And that's just like a red herring. Is All that right. the phrase? Oh, red hair. Got it. Red herring. Nice, Anthony. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's Hell what I, yeah. No, it was my joke. I was <laughs> <like>. <laughs> was it your joke? I'm the, I'm the one who said it. Okay. Allow me, Madam Diana. I'm going to answer your questions in character, uh, even though they were phrased sort of above table, because... This is the last episode of this campaign, and here I'm gonna here... tell you. Hang on, I want to like for the longest time I thought you were doing because Floon is always like high, and I thought it was gonna yeah. be like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde situation, and I was like, they're the same person. He just doesn't know that it's him. It's a split consciousness thing, and I was hoping that's what it was. And I was like, he doesn't realize he's the villain, so he he would be more forgivable and more redeemable because he doesn't know he's the villain. But now it's they're two different people. One of them's dead, and I'm like, fuck. Hey, I don't want to go. I hate this. Yeah, that would have been way cooler, and you should feel bad. Just piss me off. No, but anyway, <laughs> I really want to know. I'm so sorry. I have to. That's what I thought was happening for like 78 episodes. No, it's so. cool. I'll just I'll just go fuck myself, Anthony. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> wow, yeah, I just had a way cooler and better idea for this, <laughs> right? But like, if no, you want to continue I, with your dumbass plot, that's fine. The only reason, the only reason I had to bring this up is because last episode I was like, "Wait, wait!" So they're not the same person. <laughs> I did it like three times. Like, like I don't believe you. Like, that's they have to be the same person. Now I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. But I, I'm with Diana. I, I need all these answers. All right, Dude, I tried so hard to make Floon and nobody. I was like, nah, it's just our fucking dumbass bartender. Nah, it's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, Grant Clanghammer clears his throat like he is about to launch into a lecture that he will ideally be uninterrupted for, and says. Allow me, Lady Meliora, to elucidate you into some of the particulars of this uh, family drama unfolding in front of us. Uh, to your first query, who the fuck is Floon? May I first of all compliment you on your phrasing? Floon is Rainier Neverember's half-brother. He shares his blood, but not his uh, lineage. He is a Neverember by... The, the right of his father, but only if he is recognized, which he is not. So he is a bastard of a royal house in R Waterdeep. He is Floon, last name unknown. He is not Rainier Neverember. He is never a Neverember, despite his most dearest wishes that he would be, because the name of his father carries power, money, and fortune, all three of which Floon desperately wishes he had. His ass is an ember. How is he related to Rainier Neverember? He is, in fact, his half-brother. Uh, Floon's mother was a very pretty woman, I am given to understand, uh, but not worthy of the Neverember name, which is a shame that uh, Floon apparently carries every day. Why did he recruit the three of you, Ias Yaskarian? I was wondering if I could roll to just be beating up Floon in the background while this monologue is happening. Great question. Please, please roll it up. I would love nothing more. 
He's on the ground shocked. Do I have to roll to hit? Yes. Okay. Okay, but I get some sort of advantage. Yeah, you get Josh Pat advantage, so you're gonna roll five d twenty and actually take the highest of the five. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So we have eight. Mm. Bad. Eight again. Also bad. Uh, fourteen. Better. Uh, didn't see that one. Let's. Oh, fifteen. Okay. And nineteen. Okay, so 19 is the highest. Um, yes, in the background, Gareth, let's say that you are uh, punching Floon's spine through his stomach. Hell yeah. Just, I love to imagine fucking clang hammers, just like, and then, and then, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why did Floon recruit the three of you? I assume it is because Floon had some idea of his father's uh, embezzling, but had no particulars to the details. If, uh, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but there's a uh, sort of memory charm associated with this vault. Um, if you don't remember it actively, if you were not part of sealing the spell that shrouded it from memory, then it it disappeared from your brain. It is entirely possible that Floon remembered that he was here with his erstwhile brother, but then it evaporated from his memory, but he somehow managed to cling to some shred of it, enough at least to recruit three or four hardy adventurers to assist him in locating it in the city. Why did he burn down the bar? I am sure in my heart of hearts that it was because some fathomless, powerful god in the sky needed you to get to this place here and decided that also kind of fuck you, you have made his life very difficult over the last 52-ish odd episodes, and sometimes you need to have the things you love taken away from you. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm breaking character a little here. Let me dive back into the character voice. It's glad, it's glad to know that the answer to this dying question was divine punishment. Uh, Grant Clanghammer um, clears his throat and, and adjusts his grip on his cane and looks very regal in his he's wearing like plate armor with like i think there's like a cape over one shoulder that's like a rich blue velvet he looks very nice um i suspect that him telling you that his father was sick or dying was as your companion suggested a ruse born of the moment in a, in a in a scenario of panic where he said the first thing that came to his mind i i know for a fact that uh Daigle's never ember has been dead for some, some time. Now, as to this question of is he a zombie or some sort of uh, post-death situation, I cannot speak to that. I don't know. But um, he is, in fact, he has eaten the big one, I think is the community phrase. He has snuffed out his candle. He has guzzled, bucket. His, he has guzzled his last Twinkie. Um, he has choked on his last penis, penis. <laughs> yeah. Daigle's Never Ember is no last, longer the, of this the world. The final episode is going to be called Penis, Penis, Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just... <laughs> A very the critically stupid finale. <laughs> penis, 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 yeah. Penis, yeah. I dare you to put that on. That's don't. <laughs> on the... If Please. you put it on, it'll win. It will. Twitter's got the worst taste. I love you guys so much. Okay. 
And of course, why did Floon kill Rainier Never Ember? And this he says over like Ray, uh, 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 Floon's shouts of pains and Gareth's like muffled grunts as he punches this dude like into the cobblestones. Gareth cutting to you, there's like blood spraying across the stones. There's blood <laughs> on your knuckles. He's lost a shoe. Josh Pat has blood smeared all, all over his lips and teeth. The two of you are having a goddamn mountain of a time. And from your pocket, you hear an angry meow as uh, Constance the cat like extends both paws and there's like the tiniest spark that exists yeah. between them and, and like jolts Floon a little bit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I suppose you are going to have to ask him that yourself. That isn't uh, if you can catch him before your companion kills him. Nah, not that important. You know what? I'd rather he die than get answers. I've decided. All right, Gareth, you rear back a hand that is coated with blood. Uh, Floon's face is uh, rapidly swelling and turning puffy. Uh, there are lacerations across both of his cheekbones. His nose is bent in a way that it shouldn't be. There's blood on his teeth and tongue and lips. And you rear back your hand to punch and strike forward. And suddenly, Gareth, it's like you have punched your fist straight into a wall. You Ouch. don't, you, your knuckles go not a single inch further. And Josh Pat lunges forward to bite, I think, more of Floon's calf, which is already looking like burger meat. And Josh Pat freezes where he is. He, his, his lips are extended backwards from his teeth. He's snarling and salivating, and his eyes are pinched into twin slits of pure anger. And behind you, Arnold, you hear one more delicate glass cracking. And Floon jumps up, Gareth, like leaps to his feet. Like you haven't been beating him into the cobblestones for the last 25 odd seconds or however it took Grant Clanghammer to launch into his lecture of exposition. And there's something wriggling underneath his skin. Bugs. He looks at you and smiles and says in a voice that sounds so very unlike his own. If you were to ask me to do it again, and he turns and spits blood and what you assume to be tooth fragments bouncing along the stone floor, and he smiles at you. Knowing what I know now, I, I would do it again, man. Even if I wound up in this exact scenario every time, if you asked me if I wanted to kill that arrogant, narcissistic, motherfucker of a half-brother, I would kill him every single time. You know, I feel like you could have done that without dragging us so into times. it. Yeah. Oh, it was we were so unbelievably just here for the money and money. Did not want to get involved in all of this nonsense. Okay. A couple of things happen at once. Uh, Arnold, I think you turn yeah. hearing, this, hearing this glass break. And 
as you, I think you see like there's like a there's a series of imperfections in the stone and you see one spider web connect all of them and suddenly this stone shatters and you see a writhing of tentacles explode out of this stone not attacking you and they're not even attached to anything it's not like there's a massive squid creature exploding from the stone you see a burst of tentacles explode from the stone across the room to floon okay gareth you see writhing underneath floon's skin and while he's telling you this this I guess you could call it a promise of vengeance over and over again. Holes start to punch through his skin as tiny wriggling tendrils of tentacles explode from his flesh, growing and thriving through his muscles. Muscles? Muscles? Nice one, idiot. Yeah, now you have to start the whole thing over. Geary, what are muscles? <laughs> You see tendrils shattering through his flesh and writhing along his fingers. And the last face you see of Floon, Gareth, that is actually Floon, is spattered with blood and bits of teeth. His teeth are like broken from your knuckles, breaking them in relentlessly. His calf is chewed up from Josh Pat, who is still frozen next to your knee. And he's grinning in a way that you, it chills your blood, Gareth, standing there. Because it's the grin of somebody that knows exactly the bargain he's made and would do it again and again and again. Like the Joker, baby. And then Floon is gone for all intents and purposes. His face dissolves into a series of tendrils and suckers oh, and oh, tentacles so exploding from his face his fingers bulge and swell and turn into like sort of like eldritch horrifying claws and a face erupts from the area that his like his throat and neck and it's pinched and twisted and full of anger and whorls of of flesh looks exactly like that honestly if you're not watching kind of like Kind of like Rikard from Elden Ring. Like Rikard from Elden Ring. And Mel, you hear Grant Klanghammer say, I really, really wish you did not bring that thing here. This is going to cause quite a commotion. As... A monstrosity explodes out of the carcass of Floon, wielding him like a puppet. It is, I'm going to say, 20 feet long, 10 feet wide, and absolutely bursting with tentacles and cruelly curved fingers. Meanwhile, the ceiling crumples in, call it 20 feet to your left. And four black-clad uh, brigands dressed in the, in the guard of the Xanathar guild that you have met countless times over this campaign uh, drop to the ground in a kaleidoscope of, 
of gold coins that go scattering over the cobblestones. Um, there are two archers, two swordsmen, and then following them down is a full-grown beholder with 10 spokes with eyes on the end of them. Uh, his one mouth is, his one mouth, his one eye is narrowed at you in rage, and his mouth is a cruelly curved, jagged hole filled with sharp teeth. Gareth! You recognize him. Do I? Good. As, I mean, it's it could be the only one. The only one that we've had this entire adventure. No, uh, it's probably like some other unrelated one. It is Tim. Uh, no, because Tim's adolescent. This one's fully grown. It's like a different one. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, no, I think I vetoed that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, Tim. That arc is canceled. You oh you're gonna cancel that arc? Yeah, no, 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 no more. When we first arc. met Tim, he had one of those big old fucking scars because obviously he's a child that was turned into a beholder, which are other questions that I have. Um, That's not a question. You fucking nailed that, Bestie. Well, just like what, why they're doing the, the thing. So now he's a full grown, but he's not really a beholder. He's a child in a beholder a body. Boy. I'll tell you what. We're gonna roll initiative right now. Uh, and then later you can try to save him. So I hate when I'm first. Diana, you see Tim and some brigands come shooting down the ceiling. You see this eldritch monstrosity explode from Floon. Floon is still in there somewhere. Um, his loose flesh carcass is sort of like a spread out puppet across these eldritch tentacles and hook hands. Um, and his wet plaster face is sort of like stretched in a pantomime grin uh, across some section of this of this horrifying creature. Um, cool, 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 cool. But Tim shouts in a voice that sounds entirely unlike his, uh, kill everyone, leave the dwarf. And the cute white-haired one. <laughs> <laughs> Diana. Um, how many... Okay, so there's the floon monster. Floon monster. The Tim monster. Tim uh, monster. And what else? Four brigands. Four guys. Or brigand, and how are we all standing? We'll figure it out. Just who do you the want to attack legs. first? The three of you are standing in a very closed, uh, like section. There is the floon monster, let's call it in front of you, and then to your left by 15 feet is Tim and the four brigands. So you can choose to shoot Tim and the four brigands, or you can choose to shoot the floon monster, but you would be hard pressed to shoot both, especially with a spell that has a uh, range of effect. Is there a proximity danger if she shoots the flu monster? Because I'm like right there. You're close enough to Mel and Arnold that I don't think so for now. Well, in, in real time, like as Floon erupted in tentacles and teeth and finger, like wiggly fingers, mm -hmm. what would Gareth have done? Probably shrieked like a little girl. Right, 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 probably, but like, you know, because he was punching him. Then I imagine you would have, you know, retreated. I, yeah, no, I imagine Gary. No, I would have jumped back in some sort of fright or perhaps even shock. Yeah, gotcha. I think so. Gotcha. And at that point, did you already pocket your knife or do you have it? I'm just wondering. For yeah, I'm holding it in my hand. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So, so he's that. So it makes sense. He's out of the way. I, you yeah. know, I've, 
we had enough, enough time for it. He's, okay. out of the, he's out of the way, but I'm I'm not sure that either... I mean, the, the point of that spell would be to hit multiple things, and if right. that's not going to happen, then I'm not sure that it's worth... Um... You could hit Tim and the four brigands with it. They are they are grouped up away from the four of you. There would be no collateral damage with that. Okay, so I guess I'll go for that, since he just yelled kill everyone. Sure. What am I wrong? You're going to roll uh, two regular attacks, and then I'm going to make a bunch of dexterity saving throws. Regular I got a four and a 17. So what the dice brigands... are you rolling? What? What dice? Is it the... It's to hit. It's your regular... Oh, sorry. You don't have your character sheet. Um, D20 plus seven. Oh, shit. Twenty-six. I got a nineteen. Wow. Yeah. No, that hits for sure. Uh, okay. The brigands roll out of it, so they are going to take uh, half damage. So I want you to roll a d10 for me, please. What's the d10 look like? Uh, it's two pyramids, but with five sides instead of four butt to butt. Two five-sided pyramids, butt to butt. Two pentagons, butt to butt. Am I adding anything to it? No. Get familiar with the D10. You'll need it for a special upcoming Patreon project. Noted. I'm trying to... I think it's. I think that one's the six. I can never tell the six and the nine. I'm going with six. <laughs> six. Ah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Diana, you shoot two arrows and they slam into one of the brigands and then uh chings against the the gold and then explodes into this like writhing collection of thorny spikes and two of the brigands get caught up in it uh they are going to have a uh, slower movement on their next turn would you like to do anything else do i get something else nope that's it okay i was gonna say i thought that was gareth you're looking at you're looking at a horrible eldritch floon monster, and you heard some commotion um, behind you. Is it still like writhing, or like is it standing there? What it's do? What does it, it is looking. It is looking at you with I'm going to say the most malicious intent you've ever seen in your life. I think I'll stab it. Okay, cool. With your regular dagger or your magic I, I, dagger? I would have both out by now. Okay. So I I think I'll go right left, which is uh, magic dagger than normal dagger. Okay, so you're gonna roll two d twenty. You're gonna add your bonuses to the first one, but not the second one. Okay. Do I? Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, that is an eighteen plus five is twenty three. Yes. Sweet. Damage Imagine if that. I said no. Imagine if I said that didn't hit. That would be really cool and funny, dude. <laughs> uh, the the damage on my that my magic dagger is that a d6 or is That's it something co cooler and better Dang it's it. a d6 you are going to add your uh to hit bonus to the second because you have two weapon fighting but not the damage bonus to the second one if that makes sense oh cool what is my damage bonus it's like plus like a bajillion i think it's plus four okay plus that is three what I tops okay so two plus four is six. wait yeah two plus four is six okay and then left hand, uh, I do add the bonus, you said? Yes, to hit. 
Okay, so 12 plus 4 is 16. That also hits. Oh, badass. But no damage bonus. No damage bonus. Just the raw, okay. just the raw D6. Three. Three. All right. You plunge your teleporting knife into the soft but slightly turgid flesh of this writhing tentacle sea monster, and you are rewarded with an expulsion of blood and seawater it's thick like mud that coats your hand and then you stab again and this one your second swipe is sort of like a more ineffective sort of like cutting swipe but still manages to puncture this creature's rough but wet rubbery hide bad guys uh two of the brigands are going to sort of swear out fuck shit oh as they as they pull themselves out of the thorns that have erupted or, across their feet and legs um they're the doing other... that thing where they're like pulling out the exactly um but tim is going to look at diana yeah yeah anthony how about that last ha! episode miracle that's right uh and is going to uh diana i need you to make a, a strength save for me please mm, what is that you are going to roll a d20 and add uh -huh. five to it. God, Tim, you little bitch. Wow. We were trying to be friends with him. Mm -hmm. Now he's all grown up and an asshole. Just like me. Yeah, because uh, I was never trying to be friends with you, you punk ass dick. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get, Diana? 18. Okay. You are... Uh, I lost a friend in the process. Continue. You are pushed 10 feet as one of these eyes on these stalks like, looks at you and glows a malevolent, ugly green. Uh, and you feel a wave of force hit you like a brick wall. However, you manage to keep your feet and your weapons as you are sent 10 feet backwards, uh, sliding against gold coins, almost like an ice skater in a rink. I'm going to shoot the shit out of you next time, Tim. How dare. Uh, Gareth, this horrible, eldritch, screaming monster is going to swat at you with one of its many tentacles and is going to roll a seven against your AC. Is that pretty close? Weave! <laughs> That's what Gareth did. Weave! There you is, said uh, it out loud, too. You say it out loud as you weave? weave. The cobblestones slam with the reverberation of this explosion of this explosive hit, and there are a sudden like shred of gold coins that explode in a cloud. Uh, Gareth and Arnold, I need dexterity saving throws from the two of you, please. Uh oh, I'm real worried about Arnold. I'm real worried about Gareth. <laughs> Uh, Anthony, you should go for. <laughs> I got a seventeen. It's not that bad. Seventeen. Okay. I got a seventeen. Okay, Gareth got an eleven. Okay. I was post weave. Post weave. You absolutely hate to see it. So, Gareth, you dodge the slam of this massive tentacle. However, it kicks up a shrapnel cloud of gold coins that explode towards you, and you're going to take seven points of piercing damage as it shreds the skin of your hands, arms, and face. 
God, I did extra damage because I tried to catch every single one. <laughs> I'm like um, widening myself to like. <laughs> Uh, and then the creature uh, moves one of these like rigid sort of like claws and snatches Josh Pat out of the air and holds it in a cage of like bone and like thick flesh and hoists him aloft. Uh, that's it for the bad guy's turn. Anthony. Okay. Um, so I obviously I, I see uh, this creature lift Josh Pat. Um, how far away from the creature's like main body is Josh Pat? Uh, fifteen feet. He's held quite far in the quite air. Far into. Oh, but he's also held. Mm, okay. Is anyone? I mean, I guess he has. I'm, okay, I'll tell you what's going on in my mind right now. Please, I want to try to attack this this creature, and let's just. I'm imagining that if I am successful, I don't want him to let go of Josh Pat and hurt Josh Pat. I know he won't because we're not allowed to do that in this show. We um, do but not I hurt to... animals in the show. Okay, but I also feel like it's cheating if I just like don't consider it uh, to some extent. Uh, but okay, okay, it doesn't matter. I might not even be successful. And uh, the- it's well known that wolf cubs always land on their feet. That's fair. Don't you have that feather fall thing? I do, but if I cast one spell to he hurt can't, the creature, he can't I- attack oh, and okay. save it gotcha. at the same time. Okay, I That's appreciate the- I appreciate you remembering his spell yeah, list. That's pretty sure. great. I know. Wait, I I'm pretty sure that part of I'm pretty sure that part of the loot in the vault. Is like a really kingly, treasurely down bed. And oh, it's right underneath where Josh Pat is. See, if we were sponsored by Casper Mattresses, this is the moment where we could bust out a Casper mattress to save Josh Pat. Right. But unfortunately, just kidding. Unfortunately, the dice fine. is made out of Libra's Arcana. <laughs> the bed is made out of Libra's Arcana <laughs> dice. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Anthony, roll up that, okay. roll up that attack spell. Uh- yeah, so I, I'm going to 100% at the very core of uh, that creature, I'm going to cast Shatter. So it's mm-hmm. you, you have to roll a constitution. Okay. And can I ask, because um, I, I don't know before you tell me that, um, I do have the cutting words, and I just, I'm just i not sure exactly. I know it's the opposite of Bardic Inspiration, so I can hurt your uh, ability, I think. So it's as a reaction when a creature that's not immune to being charmed. Uh, let me see. Yeah, when you make an attack roll or ability check, is this considered an ability check or a damage roll? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so I want to I want to uh, cast cutting words on you when you're trying to avoid this uh, this spell. Okay. Uh, roll a d6 for me, please, Anthony. And you also come up with a, a really cutting can. insult. Yeah, you do have to tell me what you say. Um, you better hurt his feelings. I'm gonna say, uh, you only look slightly more handsome than Floon. <gasps> wow. Okay. Roll it up. Wow. Um, I got a two. <laughs> so- okay. So, uh, yeah, he he doesn't avoid this at all. Yes. He f- fucking tanks it. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Let me roll the damage. The damage is twenty-one. Okay. You. I think you see the rogue get like attacked by this shrapnel cloud of gold and you cast shatter with your oh. with your signature sort of like shrieking pitch note of like shatter! exactly that and you see raw spears of liquid gold erupt from these stacks and pierce forward uh spiking through this creature in like one two three four lances worth of uh ore and there's like this black Icarus saltwater smelling blood that explodes from this creature as it shrieks in rage. 
Uh, roll up that damage, Anthony. Oh, that was the damage. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a 21. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I forgot. No, yes. no, it's 21. Uh, okay, let me write that down before I forget, because I'm actually tracking the numbers this time. Okay, 21. Okay. This time. What? <laughs> it's like Diana tracking her health. All right. Uh, top of the order, Diana. Uh, you have seen the rogue attacked by gold coins. You have seen uh, your dog snatched by this creature, and you have seen uh, Arnold the Bard attack this creature in reciprocation. You've also been attacked by Tim, the adult beholder, whose eye is narrowed at you like he hates your guts. Well, I hate his, so... I'm... No, I'd go to rescue JP. How? I'm going to shoot the thing. The tentacle holding him? Is that... Isn't there, like, a main thing from which the tentacles yeah so he's grasped by this sort of like uh cage of of like bone and shitness material that's exploded from one of these tentacles so you would have to sever the tentacle holding him for it to like fall because you can't just shoot a series of bones to let him go or you could for the first time in 52 episodes put your bow away and pull out your two short swords yeah, but that's not as good. Um, okay. But was there not? I mean, don't all the tentacles come out of a main like? Person? Oh, there's a there's a there's a there's a central hub that uh, actually looks like what used to be Floon is most of the hub, the central body of this creature, so to speak. Yeah, I think if I'd... you if you want to try to, I I just had a great idea. If you do want to try to sever the limb, I could try something for the main hub. Um. Yeah, do I get do I only hit to get two hits for the bow or do I get that for any strike that I do? You attack twice regardless of weapon. Okay. Well then that Wait, gives if me... she has two swords, does that mean she gets two per? No, she gets Okay. Yeah, yeah, she gets two attacks. There's no way she attacks okay. four times. That's some monk flurry of blows. Nonsense. Yeah, that's some that's some fighter level. That's another class. Um. Okay. Well, since I get two shots at it, then I guess I will try to sever the tentacle, and we'll defer to the rogue who says he has some sort of idea. Okay. So I was able to get the PDF. So I roll D twenty plus six. Seven. Like. For the short sword. Oh, yeah, yes, for the short sword, it's six. My God, putting the, short, putting, have, putting the bow argued. away. This is very exciting. So there's two short swords, but it'll apply to both? Yes, so roll damage, and then we'll just do it two times. You don't want me to roll to hit first? Roll to hit, okay. but this will be for both that's attacks. Fine. I have been drinking. Oh, and that's why I'm rolling real good. 18 plus six is 24. Yes, yes, very good. Roll up some damage. Nice salamander sands by Libris Arcana you got there, Anthony. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Six. My other favorites is... Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, I like this frostbite. I'm it's so excited. It's fine. I interrupt you constantly. It, it's only fair that in our last episode of the campaign, you finally interrupt me. Uh, Mel, you run up to this cage holding Josh Pat, and although it's 15 feet in the air, I see you sort of like leap onto a tentacle and then throw yourself in the air. It's in so cool. 
It's so fucking cool. And it's only made cooler by your surgical, deliberate excision of flesh as you carve all of these bone protrusions holding your dog away from this uh, tentacle. And the two of you, you and Josh Pat, fall nimbly to your feet on the ground, both free of this, as you see an explosion of blood and ichor and thick salt water explode from this. And you see Floon's horribly stretched, grotesque mockery of humanity's face stretch in an otherworldly howl of pain and frustration. Cool. Great turn. Great turn. Uh, we're going to go to Gareth. Uh, so t- tell me about the main hub. There's some sort of weakness I can see, like a main core of some kind. I tell you what, do you remember a couple episodes ago where I described you guys standing on the sea and then as you pulled apart, you saw twin burning eyes underneath the waves? Is any of this Yeah. You see two burning red spheres behind this sort of like stretched out version of Floon's face on this hub. Okay. So Gareth reaches into one of his many pockets and pulls out something that he stashed away quite a while ago. Uh, That ring of basically magic grenades. What? Remember remember that thing that that kid had that just like magic rocks that he would throw and they would explode? That Gareth still has on him? Yeah. Gareth has been playing 4D chess this entire time. And I'm here for it. Uh, How many of those do you think I can throw per turn? Uh, and are you looking up D&D grenade <laughs> mechanics? No, I'm looking up... Um... Oh, no. Well, uh, how did it work? Mm. Didn't they have to get wet or something? Was there something stupid? No, so let me tell you... Let me tell you... So because Gareth has evoked sort of like an in-story thing, I have to answer in-story. So Gareth is holding a necklace of uh, fireball spells, each one of which does, let me look for it. That's right, 8d6 damage. And if I remember cool. correctly, there were six originally. The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the creature threw one, so there are five there are five fireball spells attached to a piece of string in in Gareth's hand. So, so funny. Uh, so Gareth, um, Arnold takes a nap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Gareth, you are holding. I think between that episode and this one, you would have identified these spells. You would have had your best friend Arnold help you with it. So you know, I that would you have are taken holding. it over to Wicked Ways and Wilds and having to have Produce, it producer Sean has handled it and told you to pack it in styrofoam and packing peanuts and thick bundled cloth, and you have done none of that, and it has been instead rattling around your loose pocket for twenty-seven yeah. episodes. So, what would you like to do with the thermonuclear device that you have been holding in one pocket for just enough time to truly, truly? truly irritate me uh i think i'm going to just test the waters here and uh chuck one like a baseball pitcher 98 mile per hour fastball right at the two glowing eyes of the monstrosity okay give me a dexterity attack please add uh your the um whatever the the dex attack sorry okay so just the dex bonus yeah okay 
plus proficiency because it is just you're hurling a ball like it's not you know you're good at this uh what, what's my pro- proficiency i think it's three okay so three plus three because that's my normal bonus yes all right well badass that's a 24 because i got an 18 cool 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 so you huck one of these uh glowing orange orbs on this necklace at this creature of tentacle bone seawater nightmare hellscape creation and there is a explosion that blinds you blinds two-thirds of you for a split second and when the smoke clears, I hate you so, 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 so much. When the smoke so good clears, Gareth, there is a six-foot hole in this creature's side that smells like cooked salmon. And it is staring at you with a rage that I cannot express in English words. That's your turn. Thick. Bad guy's turn. Uh, Holy shit, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Yeah, uh, you hear a mockery of Floon's voice boom over this vault and scream, you will never take what belongs to me. Me, 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 (laughs) me. Gareth does that. Right? Like, you got four more of those fucking things, right? I do, yeah. We might take what belongs to you, bub. All right. I got a fucking, I got a cannon over here, Bloom. Uh Gareth played fantasy Little League Baseball. Did you? Okay. Uh, Tim the Beholder turns to you, Gareth. Oh, no. And you see his one massive eye start welling up with a huge tear. <laughs> As one of these tentacle eyeballs swivels to you and he shouts through the massive huge curved teeth in his in his mouth it wasn't supposed to be like this uh i would like you to give me a dexterity saving throw please uh 14 plus 3 is 17. okay i am going to roll d8 which you can't hold me hostage in the finale Fuck you all right gareth uh eight that was the worst work i've ever seen wow that's body shaming somehow it's not it's just shaming your skills what are you uh what are you rolling over 25 you are going to take 30 points of necrotic damage uh quick 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 question (laughs) how much health do you think we have you know that kills me right Gareth drops dead onto the ground immediately. All right. Yep. You take 30 points of necrotic damage as this eye fuck, uh, uh, fucking, fucking hits you, and it hurts real bad. I hope all of my grenades roll onto the floor and comically explode dramatically. Your necklace of fireball gently lands on your cloak and is fine. And Tim Constance starts... is also perfectly fine. Constance is totally fine. Constance is totally fine. Uh, but Tim looks at you hurt beyond belief and says again, 
we were supposed to be friends. Let's recap. Did I really do anything to Tim? Uh, this feels unwarranted. Anthony, it is your turn. Um, okay, so obviously I see Tim destroy my best friend. Um, yeah. It's necrotic damage, too. So he was just like, I guess. Like, yeah, you see like a gray-blue almost like a bruise start expanding across Gareth's mouth and lips and moving backwards across his face. Crazy Jujutsu Kaisen reference. Anthony. So, okay. Um, I mean, I know we're in a uh, battle, but was, so can I, can I tell if, uh, if Tim is being sincere about this? Like, does he, he clearly doesn't want to be hurting Gareth, right? Uh, no, I know I can't exactly testify as a dead yeah, person. Yeah. I'm sorry, could you do a better maybe. Could, you, could you do a better dead person impersonation for me? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh Tim is clearly broken up about this, Arnold, and is like yeah. very conflicted. Okay. Um, so I'm going to cast blindness on Tim. It's a constitution saving of thirteen. Uh yeah. Okay, Constitution's blindness. I tell you what, Anthony, for a creature that's all eyeball, this is kind of a rough one for me, if I could be totally H. Okay. I, I rolled a four, Anthony. You've been avenged, FYI, Garrett. Okay, no, no, so... No, don't, don't talk to him. I'm like, I, I like it better this way. So I, I cast that and I Why I does say, he I'm... get to be dead? Sorry, maybe you should have again. What did I do to He's Tim? Done, yeah, I maybe you even... should have done less to Tim. <laughs> I think I just kind of like lied a little bit, and then he was like, Did you lie to me? I just lied more. And then he killed me. Man, <laughs> man, it's almost like he's a little kid that just wanted a friend and that you lied to him multiple uh, last times. Last I heard, he was described as a fully grown beholder, which is it, DM? I hate you so much. Anthony. So I, okay, so Arnold casts that spell and blinds him and says, um, I'm sorry, Tim, we don't want to, we don't want to be fighting you. You know, it clearly doesn't. He's like, we are friends. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, that was, I'll tell you what, Anthony, very successful. Um, it is top of the order, Diana's turn. Diana, you see Gareth crumpled on the ground, dead. I Or, can't. like, severely unconscious. No, it's pretty dead. I mean, dead. he's pretty dead based on that, but I can't, I have nothing to, that can, I can't bring back the dead. I have negative eight HP even if i healed you you would just be a little less dead but you'd still so, be pretty dead there's literally on, nothing i can do on garion's next turn he is going to make a death saving throw he is oh. not dead until he fails three of them in a row or not three of them in a row but in, until he fails three of them he is savable if you go over to him and make a successful medicine check give him a health potion you can bring him back to one hp he is not flushed down the drain dead not dead yet exactly <laughs> Before I do, and I know we're in combat, but I, I want to um, kind of say to Tim, um, you were a boy. You were a boy. I met your brother. Uh, Tim's mouth falls open in abject shock. And he says, you, you what? 
We met your brother. We saved your brother. I... And you, and you killed... And you, and you killed Gareth. We saved your brother, and... He was worried about you, Tim. That's all he cared about, was you. he's 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 okay yeah he's he's not he's not one of one of me no we got him out of there he's with a lovely family now and misses you talk about how much gareth helped <laughs> gareth did in fact help a ton did you just hear that it's like there's a ghost or something in here. it's weird like i swear i just heard you know i probably imagined it but but it was a group effort is what what i'm saying that gareth did absolutely help um yeah we we got him we got him out of there and he wanted us to find you uh and he's not he's does he remember does he remember me yes he But like, but like, does he remember me as I, as I was? Yeah. He doesn't know that what you were turned into by evil people that took advantage of you. Uh, make me a persuasion roll, please, Mel, and take the biggest advantage you've ever earned on your own this entire campaign. I don't know what that means by biggest advantage. Two advantage rolls. You're going to roll a d20 twice, take the higher of the two. Higher of the three. <laughs> what even is my persuasion? It's only plus it's only thirteen. That's plus a bajillion. Shut up, Gary. Right, that was right. That is a what did I? I just fucking looked at it too. I've been drinking, but I'm rolling real good because I've been drinking. That comes to a nineteen. Nineteen. Gotta drink more, fuck. Um. These bad guys are uh, attempting to extricate themselves from their from their thorny like under. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, but they're running across the ground, like racing across this vault towards you guys, Mel. Uh, Gareth is crumpled up on the floor, and you see two of these brigands sort of like run at you with like swords extended, and one of these eyes on Tim swivels. and snaps towards two of the brigands that were about to attack you. And in a second, both of them are turned to stone. From foot to, t from foot to the tip of their head, they turn into stone and collapse to the ground, one of them chipping and scraping across the ground. And Tim, without missing a beat, says, do you, do you think he'll be okay with me like this? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm kind of sorry that I killed, get the that's, that guy. That's a bummer. We're actually gonna we we have met some like divine little dweeb at some point. There's like a ceiling tile he opens. I was just gonna appeal to him to see if he might intervene and bring back our friend here. Oh, here, wait, Alex, real quick. Here's your thumbnail. <laughs> Thank you. I love the squeaking of the chair just to mess with the audio. It's my favorite part. You don't need audio for a thumbnail, you buffoon. <laughs> WD-40 your chair, bitch. Okay. Suck my nuts and balls. <laughs> Wait, you're what? 
my nuts and my balls. My nuts and your balls. They're they're different. <laughs> okay, Anthony. Uh you hear this exchange between Mel and Tim. You see these two brigands turn to stone. You see this horrible monster of of tentacles and nightmare flesh extend like swell upwards like it's going to crash down on you and you see gareth standing there limp against the cobblestones with a necklace of fireballs in his hand okay um the first thing i do is i cancel the blindness spell for tim just because okay. that's like his cancel spell um so i'm gonna leap over to the the necklaces and i'm just gonna do what arnold would do which is just throw the whole necklace at the big monster that's what would happen and i well you've got a whale at least a little no come on give me something give oh me i mean i will should, should i do like the darth vader like no yeah please. Like, <laughs> like, like padme just died yeah like of all times like usually arnold would be like no but it's like you know like oh, very yeah. spongebob you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know <laughs> shakes the earth shakes okay the earth. I I love this a lot, Anthony. Roll a dexterity attack. Take advantage on it. Oh, God. And how many d6 is this again? 5d6, and there are four left. So there's, that five, is there's four left. 40d6. It's 8d6 each. Ooh. All right, I got 18. What's my dex bonus? So much math. 8 d6 each the good thing is that anthony's using a roller so that he actually can do this very easily yeah what's my dex bonus though i have a roller and uh my roller was what i got that was my first roll those 22 give that one to me clean and then give me the second roll clean while gareth shuts the fuck up all right i got a 22 perfect what's the next one let me tell you labris arcana i'm gonna murder you (laughs) it was uh 18 okay so 22 all right arnold you run to the fallen form of your best friend who has for all intents and purposes died right there there are cartoonishly drawn x's over my eyes x's over his eyes there's a circle of tweety birds over his head he's dead and you grab this necklace of fireballs and you huck it right at this grotesque face of floon who is uh, 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 about to like slam down and kill likely all of you. Finally. And there is a concussive blast across this whole vault. Arnold, I need you to roll 32d6 for me, please. It, uh, all right. It's a uh, 117. Fantastic. Zaya. Okay. Good news. You evaporate this creature from existence. There is an unearthly scream and a burst that explodes beyond the force of this fireball that feels otherworldly as whatever was inside Floon, whatever piece of malevolent evil was trying this whole campaign to get to you guys, explodes outward in a fiery furnace of rage and impotent nothing as it explodes into the empty air. The bad um, news- Wait, hold on, Garen, will you do the unearthly scream? Please. Ah! Thank you. 
The bad news is that a wall of flame 30 feet tall and four feet thick explodes towards Gareth, Arnold, oh, it Mel, Gareth, Constance, Quick, it. and Joshua Patrick. Um, so can I, as a reaction, take out my bongo and just start playing my bongos? That is the wildest suggestion you have ever it's gonna given rain. Me. This is the most Arnold shit ever. Oh no! It makes it rain. <laughs> oh no! Okay. By the way, uh, Constance is really quick to change it into like a gas mask. <laughs> let's 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 make some epic decisions here. Arnold, oh. you see this wall of fire explode towards you, immolating the air and melting the cobblestones and turning several piles of these gold coins into liquid burning ore. And then suddenly the fire moves past you and over you and beyond you, but leaves you and Gareth and, and Constance and Josh Pat and Mel entirely alone. And what about Tim? You turn and suddenly Tim is protected as well as this fire booms past an invisible shield, an aura of force that is held around you. And as quickly as it started, the fire fades. There is melted pile of disgusting sea monster everywhere. It smells like low tide. And you turn, Arnold, and standing in the exact same spot of Grant Clanghammer is a 40-foot-tall gold dragon. The, his wings are brushing the edges of the room. His face is staring down at you. His talons are the size of Mel standing right next to them. And with that and same... that explains why he caught my nat 20 sleight of hand. Fuck me. With that same bemused voice... It speaks to all of you and says, now that is unexpected. I apologize profusely for concealing my form from you. The dragon staff of Agairon was necessary to the ruse. Um, I imagine this only brings up more questions. Lady Melior, fear not. I will answer them. Uh, but first... And he, this gold dragon, gold, did I say gold or brass? Gold. gold. This gold dragon, <clears throat> this gold dragon reaches down very gingerly and picks up the staff that the dwarf was holding and touches the tip of it to Gareth's chest. And there's a brief gold nimbus that looks exactly like the power of friendship from Devil Star Song's ship. I hate you so much, Daniel. Arnold like automatically clasps his buttons. Like <laughs> he's just like Arnold, you feel you feel a reverberating like heat in your chest uh, <laughs> as this light like fills the room, and then Gareth, you gasp air and you come back <laughs> from the land of the dead. Uh, How was it? I like to imagine that I was just like hanging out with like fucking Charon on the boat or whatever. And I'm just like, psh, psh. <laughs> oh. 
I yeah. love so much that Mel's first reaction was, how was it? <laughs> like a kid who heard that their classmate went to Disneyland over summer break. That's a valid question. I'm curious. Okay. So I think that like, Gareth didn't really have a lot of time to process the fact that he was he was in fact dying. He just like died. He just died. I'm still like mid thought, so I'm like reaching for like more grenades to throw, and I'm just like scrambling around. I like I like a confused moment from Gareth. That's that's pretty fitting for somebody that just died. Honestly, Arnold would just hug him and be like, "I'm sorry, I threw your necklace." And just... I didn't even have like a sacrificial like. No, I was literally just like, huh? <laughs> isn't isn't the best sacrifice of all that you gave that moment to your best friend? Sure. Uh, the gold dragon says, I was placed down here uh, as a bargain for Lord Never Ember to guard his cash until he came back from his trip. However, he perished at sea uh once he encountered some sort of manifestation of galore the aboleth um and so i was trapped down here uh until somebody worthy proved themselves uh to to open the vault and and i'm i've thought about this many many times and i didn't quite know how i would handle it if if you turned out to be fiends or scoundrels or thieves or murderers i there were many times when i thought what would i do if if you turned out to be bad people but i'm so glad that you have proved yourself innocent of heart and mind we're definitely not the baddies i think gareth like leans up he's like lying on the ground you know what <laughs> <laughs> We are thieves, but we're willing to die for the cause. Please let us have let us have some of the money. Uh, as to the contents of Lord Neverember's vault, it was promised to his heir. Uh, Rainier was his son, his uh, his his living son, who I now remember. Uh, has done quite a bit of work to kill off the sort of lesser branches of the Neverember name, but the main claim rival to Rainier's own was Floon. Uh, and actually he looks and lying on the cobblestones close to the door, sort of crumpled in a heap is a familiar redheaded figure that's not Rainier Neverember, but it is Floon uh, who, who is lying still in a heap and this gold dragon sort of like flicks it kind of like a bean across a table and like you hear like bones oh he break. flicked the bean did he flick the bean alex sorry go ahead so he flicks this clitoris across the floor <laughs> <laughs> clit stupid clit stupid <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> you died and came back to Clit Stupid. Oh my god, Clit Stupid is so good. 
Um, That's going to be the name of my uh, D&D OnlyFans. Alright, this bit's done. We're moving on. Hey, go I'm, with it. I'm with it. Never mind. Okay. Putting an end to this bit. Okay. Um, this gold dragon says, Now that every branch of the Neverember name has been exterminated, I suppose this gold belongs to anyone. So perhaps we could make a bargain. The... I think before the dragon even finished, like he said anyone and Gareth was just like scooping coins. Yeah. Handfuls into his pocket. Constance is also helping. I think Constance jumps out of your pocket and starts like taking one tiny gold coin at a time and like yeah, putting yeah, it yeah. in your pocket. Like dragging it with, with his teeth, but like yeah. really slowly because it's like uh, the same size as him. The dragon says, I have no purpose for the gold coins. However, should you deem it an acceptable compromise, I would take the raw uh, gemstones. I find them very pretty and shiny, and I want them. Uh, Gareth is going to look at the gemstones and take one ruby and request that. Give it to me. Give it to me in character, Gareth. <clears throat> okay. So he, he takes out I think I picture it as a nice cut ruby uh-huh. rather than the raw mineral. And goes, I would request but this from the treasure chest of the, the gems to commemorate the loss of a bartender and the gain of treasure. Roll me a, roll me a persuasion check. Arnold, do you want to help? And you want to let Gareth do it by himself? Um, I... <laughs> I can't give Bardic inspiration, but yeah, I'll, I'll say, um, yeah, my, my, we, we really did uh, lose several friends today, and it would mean a lot if we could, you know, just have that one ruby. And I'll okay. also try my best to persuade. Oh, and also, I'll go cold in here, but we're not talking about that right now. All right, yeah, he didn't care about those. Gary, and take advantage. Roll a d20 at, uh, at twice. Take the higher of the two. Okay, first roll is a six plus two is eight. That's bad. Second one is on the floor. Third one is a 10 plus 2 is 12. I got a dragon. That's pretty good. (laughs) I got a 25. All right. With the power of friendship, I will take both rolls into account. Also, I did just die. Shut up. I don't give a fuck about that. This gold (laughs) dragons uh, regards you austerely, Gareth, and slowly says... This is an acceptable bargain with a single condition, and that is if should you take this ruby from my pile, I find that acceptable. However, young man, you are not to sell this ruby or profit from this ruby or exchange this ruby for any gain that might befall you. This ruby is tied to your soul. It's a curse. <laughs> Do not take it. Don't As take a it, memento man. of this moment. <laughs> or you can take the raw cash money. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or. No, 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 no. It's not, it's uh, not an and or. Oh, you, can, okay. you can take the ruby, but you can't exchange it ever or give no, it away that's... or sell it. 
I didn't plan to anyway. I was okay. gonna have it like embedded in the front door of something. All right, or so something. then let's let's do that. Let's do that above uh, below table. Okay. <clears throat> I would never dream of selling so such a beautifully cut and sentimental gem. Of course, that is what all the rest of these boobies are for. Uh, I'm sure they will fund a new start for us that may not be in this town. Uh, I'm a little sick of the water stench and water deep. Um, but may this fund our travels and may you be free from your binds to this stanky, stinky t vault. I was hoping to ask a favor, and I don't know if you can do this, but you just brought someone back from the dead. So um, I don't care about the gems. Honestly, I don't even care that much about the treasure. I came on this little adventure for my own reasons. But can you turn Tim back? Mm. This is an excellent question. And actually, uh, Mel, you turned to see Tim watching this exchange with, with all three of his eyes. He's desperate for an answer for this. He's watching every word go between you and this massive gold dragon. And this dragon looks at you and says, I can reach across the veil once more. Once more is within my power. And I can save one more soul from that river. Whether it is this one and he gestures at tim who gasps even as this even as this finger or this talon this massive dragon talon is extended to him he gasps with hope and then the gold <laughs> dragon turns to the two redheads on the floor and says or one of these tim tim we don't give a fuck about the redheads tim, what the redheads no were, offense the redheads were adults and they made but... their decisions and what what possibly w w gave you the impression we would even think about saving one of those two assholes? Okay, really, really quick. I want Mel to do it. Because, Gary, you had your moment, and that's great, but, like, this is the best role-playing that Diana has done all campaign. I'm... It just took me to the last episode, but I got... I'm incandescent with pride and excitedness right now. So... Not to detract from Garion, but Diana, take it away. Um, they're adults, and they made their decisions, and they can face the consequences for those decisions, as all of us have to do. But Tim is a child, and they took advantage of him. And he deserves to have a life with his brother and, and to grow up with his brother and, and be whatever it is he wants to be. So please save Tim. There is a shifting of this massive figure. And I, I, I can't overstate how big this dragon is. He fills the room in a way that makes this massive vault feel claustrophobic. But his tail turns like a serpent as he, as he shifts his shoulders and extends his wings and fully looks at this, again, adult beholder, which in a normal scenario is a big, scary motherfucker, but in the face of a full-grown gold dragon looks fairly timid, pun intended. 
and this gold dragon holds out a hand, holds out a whole palm. He crashes it on the on the gold and gems, sends them scattering in a cloud, and Tim gently floats onto this extended paw. And this gold dragon lifts Tim to his face, and he says, you are being given a second chance here, young man. A second chance at memory and family and home. Oh, that, I, that's the thing that we talked about. I'm paying attention. <laughs> I just set you on fire. I wanted to show that I was paying attention to the story and the, and the symbolism. He gonna leave you dead next time. <laughs> You're never coming back from that veil, bro. Uh, this gold dragon says, he's being given a second chance of all these things. I cannot tell you how to live your life or spend this extra chance that you're given, but I hope for your sake and for these fine folks' sake that you make it a good life. And there is a wash of gentle yellow light that extends from this paw and fills the whole vault. And even Gareth with your sunglasses, you're a little dazzled by this light. You're not quite blinded because fuck me, I guess, but just a bit dazzled. You're dazzled by this light. And when the light recedes standing in the outstretched palm of this gold dragon is an eight year old kid with long hair and rumpled clothing. He stares up at this gold dragon with wide eyes and says, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be really good this time. I, I got really good friends. And he looks down at you, Gareth and Mel and Arnold and Josh, Pat and Constance. And he says, I'll be, I'll be really good this time. I promise. Gareth leans over to Arnold. So he like killed me, right? Only a little, a little for a moment. <laughs> Look it up, you fucking baby. There's a moment going on here. Uh, he did uh, it to help us. Just the double checking. He like fully, full on killed you. Yes, murdered you. Double Tell me we'll all about that. it later, because I'm like so curious. But okay, it was oh, no, that's why we turned him into a kid. He's so much easier to get revenge on now. <laughs> like infinitely what the fuck easier. What's wrong with you, baby? He's gonna bully him at school. <laughs> Okay, um, so we all have this goal, right? Uh, did I ever get my signed instrument back from that child who uh, said he needed a bunch of money from me in order to get that signed instrument back? Can I smash cut to me knocking on his door and him opening, you know? Yes, like absolutely. Okay, here, let's do this. Let's do this. In the, in the wake of campaign one, which we have just finished, let's do one smash cut per character. There. Something unresolved that you want to tidy up at the end of this campaign. So- Smash cut, Garion. So Gareth tracks down Jess apostrophe to where she's hanging out, yes. and I assume some sort of like tavern or something. Okay. Gareth, uh, let's say let's say she's mid heist. Let's say you actually catch her on the roof as she's about to break into some nobleman's mansion. No, I want to catch her like chilling out. 
Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tavern just post-heist. Hell yeah. Uh, so she was missing something during her last heist. She couldn't find any of her calling cards. Okay. So Gareth approaches with a big sack of money, going, Jess, out of the generosity of my own heart and the biggest heist anybody in this town will ever even dream of, I'm cutting you a small cut so this way you can live off this and never have to bother stealing anything again because you're just quite not cut out for it. And then I throw down just one of her calling cards and go, I'm keeping these because they're in poor taste. And then do you just like drop a bag of money on the table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's a, it's really heavy, so it like knocks the drink over. You know what I see? I see her looking at you in abject shock as you drop this one business card, her own business card. I like to think of it as the first one that she ever threw back at the Gralhund Manor when we first found Jess. Like you kept it and it's folded and battered and beaten as shit. And you drop that on the table and then you drop this sack of gold coins that explodes and like spills over the table. Oh, so and everybody then, else in the bar starts scrambling for it. And then there's a mad scramble for coin and Jessica, Jessica Apostrophe just walks you casually, watches you casually walk out the door. Hell yeah. Badass, okay. Cut, cuts and Melon Arnold. What the hell did Gareth use for firewood? This is just a <laughs> bunch of cards. All right, Diana, what's your smash cut? Um, I kind of want to do two things. Let's do it. So uh, I'm gonna be walking on my way to somewhere, but on the, I have Tim with me, and I want okay. to go to um, the nice family that is taking care of his brother, whose name I don't remember. That is uh, Romalia Haventree, leader of the. No, oh, but what was the name of his brother? I don't remember his brother's name. I've got my recaps right here. Did we That'll know be, it? Uh, Captain Catman. Oh, I think about Frank. it. Joseph. Sure, Joseph. Um, so anyway, I assume Joseph is staying with a nice family now. I assume Romalia wouldn't have kept him because why would she? Okay, sure. Or whatever. Anyway, he's in place. So so I want to um, take Tim and go to and, and knock on the door and have like another big bag of money. And so when the um, parents open the door, I can uh, hold up the money and say, can you take another one? And then hopefully Tim will see Joseph and that'll be a really cute reunion. Yeah, I think uh, I think a a a woman in a homespun apron with like uh, like the the filling of like a pie on her hands like opens the door and she's holding up her hands so she doesn't like get anything dirty but she says oh oh I'm I'm so sorry um who who are you um you know what that's not really important I'm I'm a friend of Tim's and Tim is joseph's brother and i was hoping and holds up the money that they could be raised together and i think that this will cover it and then some it's a lot of money there's like so many boobies in this bag right now so many titties you you hear a shout from inside the house as not only joseph but tilly joseph's youngest sister come running down the stairs and they throw themselves at Tim and there's an incredible 
moment between the three siblings as they're reunited. And the woman looks at this and smiles and there are tears in her eyes and she holds out her hands and says, of, of course we can take him. Of course we would be absolutely happy to. And you don't even, listen, you, you, if you'd like to keep the money, you, we, we will make it work. Gareth no. snacks, snacks, jumps out of the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth jumps out of the bushes. <laughs> I, no, you know what? It's, it's a lot to raise three kids and, and you didn't have to even take the two. So, so please, I want this to help. And if you need anything else, um, come find us and we'll help out. Um, I'm so, I'm, I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. You, you did deliberately not tell me your name. So how would I find is there a, is, do you have a, a, an address or well, youtube.com so, slash critically stupid right 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 exactly like like mel just wrote it on the back of one of jess apostrophe's cards that she took from um, <laughs> Earth, and she's like put an x on she's like ignore this this is the bullshit okay oh, like we, we just use jess apostrophe's card that's like stationary essentially yes because that's all I had to write on. So, um, and then I don't know. Here's my fantasy phone number. I don't know how it works. Sure. Okay. 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 Um, and then she's gonna leave and actually go to the dock to see Captain Davil Starsong. Okay. Uh, you see Davil Starsong standing on the pier. He's directing his men. Uh, to sort of like setting up one of the sails on the thrice repaired uh, eye catcher that has been recently repaired from your latest visit. Um, and he's uh, talking, he's in earnest conversations with his first mate trying to figure out some sort of logistic aboard the ship. Um, okay, so uh, Mel's gonna kind of walk up to the pier and kind of be in his eyesight and just sort of be playing with one of the little gold coins, gold boobies, if you will, just waiting for him to finish his conversation. Yeah. Sure to get any man's attention. He uh, sets his first mate to a task and uh, rapidly walks up the pier and then uh, across and over to you and says, well, this is unexpected. We found the vault. Did you really? And he smiles and says, of everyone raising forward, Lady Meliora, I thought you might be the one. Yeah, well, it'll help us get back on our feet since our entire home and bar and whatnot was, was burned down. So we kind of have to start over. But speaking of starting over, you're low-key a garbage person, but I feel like something brought you here and even though you tried to kill my friends quite a few times actually and you lied like a whole heck of a lot um for whatever reason i am still incredibly interested in figuring out more about you so maybe we try the date again wow and then I... Aunt Arnold comes out of nowhere and punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold. Okay, so... You... so, Oh, God. 
No, no, no. You take. Oh, it. so the, the the whole campaign. I I at the very beginning of this campaign, I got an instrument signed by Volo, and I was all excited about it. And I ended up giving it to a child temporarily. And yes. when I tried to retrieve it, I was I, he didn't want to give it back, and it was this whole ordeal. And I didn't have much. I didn't have much time, or you know, the ability to get it back. So I'd like to go. I just want to knock on his door. I just want to knock on his door and just have like the biggest uh, bag of gold in my hand. When okay. I, yes. Huge. Just a ridiculous bag of gold. And I imagine I, I, I open it. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to open it with, the, you know, like he's been practicing it the whole time. It's or, or, you know, I don't know what he's doing with that, that instrument, but go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. The door over the seediest pawn shop you've ever seen jingles merrily as you walk inside, Arnold. You have Evan Stokesworth by the collar, uh, and you march him in front of you almost like a shield. You're looking at shelves of busted up, beaten down furniture. You're looking at counters of ancient jewelry that's not worth a goddamn dime. And then sitting behind the counter on a pedestal beneath a spotlight is your signed loot signed by Volo Gedarm that you got, I think, in episode one. Yeah. Uh, and there is a greasy-looking man with, like, a, a yellowed shirt counting, like, paper money behind the counter, and he goes, What's up, bub? What you need? Sorry. I say, that's my loot. I'd like it, please. Oh, oh, you talking, you talking about the loot signed by Velo Gedarm? The famous writer. Hey, bub, let me tell you this. And he eyes you up and down. You cannot afford this instrument. This is a fine piece of craftsmanship ready, okay? And that signature, that's worth a pretty penny that you can't afford. So, uh, how, how far away from me is the, the loot itself? I think it's like 10 feet. If you're standing at the counter, it's 10 feet back. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'll, just, I'll, try, I'll try to do this normally. So, so I'm going to say... Um, yeah, how much are you thinking? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're, we're big dog in here. You want to big dog me? All right, bub. Uh, let's say 75 gold dragons. So I'm sorry. Like, wait, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. 75 gold boobies, my friend. Oh, yeah. Um, so Go as ahead. he's. As he's saying that, um, I've like I cast uh, Mage Hand, and it's already grabbing the the loot, and it's coming toward me. And okay. as like an ad, like I like as Mage Hand drops the loot, I like toward me, I throw the the bag of money at him, and I just grab it and I start playing it and just walk away. That's Hard. what I'm doing. Hard. Okay. Now here's the question, Anthony. What is your walk away song that you play on this loot? Because this dude um. is standing behind you dumbstruck he's his hands are overflowing with gold coins he's speechless what is your victory song um i'm probably gonna be like when you hear the call to adventure nice hell yeah yes.